Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hello there, and welcome to the final episode of All the Small Games for 2019. Oh, shit. For the last time this year, my name is Andrew Levins. My name is Jonathan Valenzuela. And today, after doing 10 till 6, this this week we're going to be doing 5 to 1. You're going to find out our top 5 indie video games for the year of 2019. Looking forward to it. Been but, looking forward to it for a long time now. Yeah, totally. I, I, the, the year starts and I think, God, I can't wait to count down my favorite games from this year at the end of this year. Yeah. I don't even want to play them. Can we just... I just want to tell people what they are. I just want to blink and it's late December and I'm recording and I'm talking about a bunch of games that I'm like, I love these. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so let's go through our, um, our, our 10 to 6 again. Just a reminder. Just a little reminder. So from 10 to 6, number 10 for me was Sayonara Wild Hearts. 9 was Slay the Spire. Eight was What the Golf, seven was Gato Roboto, and six was Untitled Goose Game. My number ten was Grindstone, nine was Children of Mortar, eight was Sayonara Wild Hearts, seven was Katana Zero, and six was Control. Awesome. So, before we started recording the last episode, (laughs) you mentioned that you re-listened to our best games of 2018. I did. And uh, but before we get into uh, our wonderful, our, our five top to one, five. why don't you tell us our top tens for last year? All right, because I cannot, I couldn't even tell you my what my favorite game for last really? year. Really? Come on, you get like you can, you know what number one? Oh, Hollow Knight. Yeah, of course. Okay, sweet. What about your number two? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, let's start from the top, shall we? Okay. Number ten. This is my list. Uh, do your list, then I'll do mine. Okay. Okay. Number ten for you was Donut County. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine was Minute. Yep. Number eight was The Gardens Between. Oh, yep. Number seven was Wandersong. Uh-huh. Number six was Deltarune. Oh, that was great. N- number... Number five was Yoku's Island Express. That was fun. Number four was Iconoclasts. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Number three was The Messenger. Very good. Uh, number two, Celeste. Celeste, of course. Duh. Yeah, yeah right. Of course. My top ten was... Uh, number ten was Yoku's. Number nine was Minute. Number eight was Gorogoa. Number seven was Wonder Song. No, West of Loathing. West of um, Number six was The Gardens Between. Number five was Ashen. Number four was Into the Breach. Number three, Donut County. Number two, Hollow Knight. And I put Celeste as number, number one. one. Yeah, sure. So I found it like it was weird listening back and going like, oh, that's right. Our top twos 
were the same games just in different positions. And I felt going into this one like we're going to have very different top like yeah there's there's one game that I know we're both going to have in our top 5 but I don't think there's any others. Yeah. Um curious to see what that is. I think it's going to be Ape Out. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Ape Out funnily enough, I mean cats the apes out of the bag, but um uh, obviously, the position it gets on on our respective lists is still that's why unknown. you listen, everybody. That's why you keep listening. But please we, don't tune yeah, out. But we were discussing soundtracks on the last episode, best soundtracks of the year, and you were talking about how Untitled Goose Game you felt was a contender yep. because of like it didn't. There was there was nothing that you could necessarily hum along with in various moments outside of the game, but yep. in, within the game, it was like so amazing and so necessary to like building up the kind of vibe of the game and that kind of stuff for me that was ape out like i think uh, when when we discussed or when you said hey let's choose soundtrack of the year my first thought was man ape out had a fucking great soundtrack yeah totally. and then i stopped and went eh, like it's nothing i could take like i wouldn't buy the album for ape out because it's so much about playing the game to make the soundtrack mm-hmm Anyway. Well, the other game that I was considering for my favorite soundtrack of the year is actually my number five game okay, of the year. Okay, let's kick off. And that is uh, a game I mentioned last week um, as being my favorite Nintendo game of the year, too. It is Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, of course. The, yes. Uh, the game, uh, the Zelda game, but Legend of Zelda game made by the Crypt of the Necrodancer team. Um, I could not believe that game was going to exist when it was announced. Just the right. idea, you know, I've been playing Nintendo games my entire life. I know how... How much, how much hold they have over their characters. They, they, they're yeah. so unwilling to work with other people. And obviously they had like great success with the um, amazing um, uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle game that they made with Ubisoft. Sure. Um, and that in itself was unprecedented. Like, who would have ever thought that they would let Ubisoft, let alone their fucking Rabbids team, sure. uh, do a, a Mario game? <clears throat> but then I never thought that like a small studio would uh, would be able to do a Nintendo game, much less like one of their temple franchises. So when at a Nindy showcase, no less, they announced that yeah, the Crypt of the Necro Dancer, which is a very difficult um, rhythm, rhythm roguelike yeah. uh, game, they're going to be making a Zelda game. You know, at first I was like, oh, I guess they're just going to put like a Zelda skin on 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 Crypt of the Necro Dancer, a game sure. which I I tried and sucked at, um, and. Uh, uh, but no, it's, it's a full full Zelda game, and this is this is the year that gave us, you know, we we got we got a, a, a Link's Awakening remake, which I thought was really beautiful and fun to play. But for me, like more than any other Nintendo game I played, and I played pretty much all of them this this, this year, from Ring Fit Adventure to Yoshi's Craft, Crafted World, uh, Cadence of High High Rule was uh, by far my favorite. Damn, um, it's a it's a very very short experience for a, for a Zelda game. It's a you know five to six hour experience. However. Like a few games on our list, they've actually added some content um, just in the last week. Oh, nice. And you can now play apparently a whole new campaign as another character from the um, Crypt of the ne- Necrodancer um, game. Oh, cool. So I'll be, I'll be trying to uh, you know, visit that in my spare time over, over Christmas uh, or New Year's Eve, depending on when you listen. Um, sure. Almost definitely New Year's Eve because it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, Imagine if I re-released our five to one first, and then you had to wait hey, next week to find out what our six to ten beers in. I'm a few beers and ice creams in, John. It could happen. Oh boy! <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Cadence of Hyrule was. Um, I thought it was going to be a, a Crypt of the Necrodancer game first and foremost, but I would say it's a Zelda game. It's 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 very much you've got to you know do a bunch of fun quests to get a bunch of MacGuffins, but you have to traverse through the land, Crypt of the Necrodancer style, which is moving on beat. Sure. Yeah, and um, and except all the music is all famous Zelda music redone by the guy who did all the music for Super Meat Boy. Hell yeah! Um, 
It is such a joy to play. And this is, I consider putting this higher because this game had the, one of the biggest effects on me in the real world. Right. Where I Tetris, finished Tetris effect style. Yeah. I finished playing this game and then went to DJ and I couldn't, basically the enemies only move on the beat too, or you can play this like non set to music version where it's a bit more forgiving in your movement, but the enemies only move when you do. Right. Um, I played the traditional way, like set to music, but yeah, the enemies only really move when you do. And then too, to the beat, cause you're both moving in unison to the same song. And so I, my brain would only expect one song to play as the other one did. Right. So I was, I was really, I was, I was matching like beat matching when all DJing, but like in the same way that I was moving. Okay. It's, it's really hard to describe, but my, my, my brain couldn't get out of that pattern. Of of not thinking like okay, now that that one's moving, then the other one will move, and I, I, I no other game did that to me this year. Sure, um, it was a very very strange phenomenon <laughs> like to, to happen to me afterwards. But yeah, uh, the game is just such a delight to play as a Zelda fan and as a fan of weird indies. And to me, it means so much more. Of like you know, I hope we get one to ten indie takes on Nintendo franchises a year now. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool if they actually, like, this opens the floodgates. Yeah, and I thought hopefully we would have heard, you know, because I think the announcer for this was at the end of 2018, maybe. Okay. Um, maybe it was one of the earlier ones in 2019. But I, I, I really hope that we do get a bunch more collaborations. Um, Imagine if they were like, you know that new Metroid game that we've been working on? We've given it to Doinksoft. Yeah, The totally. people that made Gato Roboto are now making the new Metroid. I mean, I, I would love... A proper 2D, 2D Metroid that, sure. that, that's, you know, made to look... A, a pixel art 2D Metroid made by a proper Nintendo team. God, that's a dream. That sure. Is a, that is a goddamn dream. But uh, Cadence of, of Hyrule, um, an, an absolutely incredible soundtrack and um, so much fun to play. Uh, if, if for whatever reason, the fact that it's a, you know, a weird collaboration or, or you know, a quote-unquote rhythm game, um, it's putting you off and you're a Zelda fan, you've got to get it. It's yeah, such, just it's, fucking shut and, up and buy have it. Have you played it? No, I haven't. You, this is one that I think you would love. Okay. I think this is like a universally good game. I think. I think should be still on sale. I think the sale ends Jan twenty second. You were saying there are Jan, a bunch. Jan the second. Jan so the second. Megan, Megan the stallion. Jan the second. <laughs> That's the uh, the the quota of rap references for this episode. Yeah, it's up for, it's up for a few more days. Cool. So, uh, Great. Go on and get it. Guan. Okay. Uh, Ken, it's a That's my number five. What's your number five? Joel? Numero cinco pour moi. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm trilingual because that was a. Fucking mash up of Spanish and French. Um, what the golf? Mm. That was your that was number, like, number eight, eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, we we discussed in the last episode that Apple Arcade came out, and this is the first game that we just kind of rushed into and went, "Oh shit, this is amazing." Um, I, I funnily enough, there was a bug. If you remember, there was a bug in the, the yes. one level where they just hadn't they hadn't <laughs> the finished levels. they hadn't finished the level and it just left like placeholder art in, and both of us were like de- that just said something like screenshot this and I'm like oh maybe this is some crazy like phone mechanics yes, totally. part that oh great screenshot I think I had like five screenshots of this one level as I'm trying to work out what happens nope turns out it was a bug but um, they fixed it yeah they did. Um, I love I love humor. This has so much. It's so imbued with humor all the way out throughout. It's um, it's funny you were talking about. I think in the last episode you were talking about how they've introduced a 
or they had introduced, I'm not sure if it has gone away since Christmas is finished, but they introduced the advent calendar. Yep. The whole game almost felt like an advent calendar and that as you wandered into these various labs and hit the first level, you were like, what's going to happen? Like, I have no idea what I'm going to be facing down. This is a golf game in name only, essentially. Yeah. It's strayed so far from golf. What could I possibly be playing in this one? And you, you never knew if it was like, like a space level where gravity was negligible and you could like fire crazy curved shots around planets and stuff. Or is it a portal level where like, you know, you, you fire portals around with your thing and then fucking super hot. Yeah. Is it super hot? Is it it one of those honestly kind of disappointing levels where you have to move the phone around to look? Oh yeah, they suck. This yeah, first the, person. It was fun, like the first time. They, it they, was. Yeah. I I I appreciate the hustle, but at the same time, I'm like, I want to lie down. I'm on the couch. Yeah. Don't do this. I don't want to get up. Um, yeah, I just it it packed so much inventiveness and so much kind of mischievous glee at at, at like games and gaming in general. That yeah, I, all, I, all all the weird game references were such yeah, such highlights too. I had such a fantastic time with it that I all like. I came very close to 100%ing it. There were just like one or two levels that are the the hardest kind of the hardest setting. I was like I can't do this. This is too hard. But um I I also loved in the credits how they said like you play the credits as well, which yep. is great. You kind of you, you hit a golf ball through. But they were like we are working on more content. There is more content on the way. Yeah. And I was like hell. So yes, I just want more of this game. And to the to the point that you made in the last episode as well. Putting a show your friend mode in, mm-hmm. genius, just genius level game design there. Like I, I too was so excited to go to work and hand this game around to people and be like, play this. And inevitably they'd like play that first level and be like, mm, okay. And then play the second level and be like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? And start laughing. I mean, give it, it to was... a five year old if you want to see them just like dissolve into just laughter. It's yeah. so great. It's yeah. such, it's such a great feeling watching this game, watching this game get played. Um, yeah. So that was my number five. Um, do you want to switch beers? I, I, I bought this beer. It's called Yeasty Boys Gunna Matter Earl Grey IPA. Cause I'm like, I like beer. I like tea. Who could ask for anything more? Um, I don't really like it. Turns out you don't. Boldly floral, much like your granny's bedroom, with stone fruit and switched citrus notes and a long dry finish. Worst. I think wor- you'll like it. You like IPAs, worst small right? game of the year. Whereas I gave you a Moritz, which is a uh, like definitely my kind of beer. Hell Just yeah! Extremely boring lager. Europe- European <laughs> exotic. All right. Oh, that's a good lager. number five. My number four is Ape Out. Oh, there it is. Yep, there hold it on, is. Hold on a minute. Hold on, John. Hold on one oh, fucking second. Hold up. Hold on one fucking Have second. Have we matched up? Finally, we matched up. Bro. Really? We are touching dicks on this <laughs> one. <laughs> Out is my number four as well. Awesome. Cool. So we can just both talk about this at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I think Ready? this is... And... Uh, <laughs> um, I think this is... The, well, we've only done two Game of the Year lists, but this is the first time we've matched up in terms of placement. Hell yeah. Yeah. Got so close with one and two I, last I, year. You know, I, I, I have been... I but did... I had to go and like Celeste more, like a dickhead. <laughs> Yeah, Ape Out, um, another another Devolver banger. Yeah. Um, in a year full of them. Um, you play as an ape who escapes a... Uh, Variety of scenarios. But I guess at, at the beginning, you're you're one of many apes that are trapped in a testing facility. Yes. Um, and uh, 
basically the first people you come up against are like you know thugs that have like pretty primitive pistols and maybe a shotgun and then as you progress through these multiple levels you, they not only does the terrain become different um, but you also are facing enemies with more advanced weapons yep. um, however you can grab onto their, them and then use their weapons uh, against your other enemies as well and also while using them as human shields um, there is a level of procedural generation uh, to it's, to each level no level is ever the same right? no it's one that's that's right it's all like each time you die a new level is regenerated or a new level is generated for your next playthrough so it's which is great because you never like it's not about learning a level it's about learning how to play the game properly yeah and uh you can i mean there are a few some levels where like i i didn't i didn't kill anybody i managed to like stealth it and run past as much people as possible mm-hmm. and then there are other levels where i killed absolutely everyone oh, on yeah. the screen and then asked for more to be set on the screen so i could kill them too yeah um it was such a fun game to play mechanically. I just didn't. I, I started it. I didn't put it down until I finished it. Yeah, right. Um, you. When I last spoke to you about this game, you had not finished the final level. I, I ju- with with the knowledge of this episode in mind. I went in the yes. other day to play again. Here's the thing. Oh no. I got to a run through on the very last level where I was in sight of the exit, like the tunnel to get out of the building. I was there. <laughs> And I got shot in the fucking back, and I got so angry that I had to put the game down. I have not gone back, but it is still on my list of I want to finish this. Yeah, it's the last level is so fun and creative, um, but it, at the same time, like brutally difficult. It's actually there. There is a. I found that that is that, that's not as procedurally generated as the other ones. Okay. There, there is a path you can take that that I found a lot. Like once you stick to a path, you're like you 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 nut out where you need to be yeah, when nut out. Um, um, and, yeah, uh, and there are things you can use to help you in that final level. Sure, um, which which make make the run a lot easier. But um, yeah, I think this was like this came out like twentieth of January or something this year. Was like, that early? This, oh, that it was, was Nico, wasn't it? No, it was super early in the year because I remember when it came out stupidly being like oh my god guys it's my number one game of the year and it's only (laughs) like jan or feb or something like that it was jan like okay maybe jan 20th not right but jan or feb it was that soon at the beginning of the year kind of thing 28th of february 28th of feb there we go um but yeah it's not like not only that the the design of it the actual look of it is fantastic like it's you know it looks like a soul bass kind of that's the reference everyone uses. Yeah, I think yeah. I think saying like opening of Mad Men might be more instructive. Um, Very like yeah, forties, fifties silhouette based yeah. um, pop art kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, Very sort of solid colors with a grain laid over them. I saw a lot of people like kind of questioning why it was a game about a monkey and and there was jazz and Saul Bass was the. But I was kind of like, why why question it? Just accept it it's, and that's what the game is. I, f- I fucking hate it when I see like. And I see reviewers and people like, oh, but why is this? Like, it is. Just accept it and move on. Exactly. Like, you, it, there's so much to be enjoyed because of those combination. Because of yeah. that combination. Yeah. But I, like, I, like I was saying at the top of the app as well, the soundtrack. Just the way it's generated by your action in the game is absolute, like, incredible design. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's it's jazz, but in particular jazz drumming. And so, the more people you kill, the more frantic the soundtrack becomes. Um, oh my goodness! And uh, it's a weird beer. Yeah, sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's yours now. <laughs> yeah, it's like drinking a bath soap. <laughs> I hate fruity, fruity IPAs. 
I don't mind. There's something about this one that's just weird. Anyway. We have been eating hella ice cream. That's true. <laughs> um, so this is made by three people. Um, Bennett Foddy, who made uh, the... Uh, Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Which is an indie game I've never played, but I've watched many people try to play on YouTube. Uh, sure. In which you play a man in a pot with a ladle trying to get over the top of a mountain. It's a, it's a sledgehammer, but... It's yes. a sledgehammer? Yeah, right, yeah. sure. Um, and uh, I'm sure there's a mod where you can have a ladle. Yeah. It's a, um, game, about, it's a game about making games, essentially. Um, Gabe Cazillo... And um, Matt Bosch, Bock, 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 yeah. uh, was the main main music uh, composer on this as well. So just which is, people which is weird because Bennett Foddy used to play for Cut Copy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I, I find I think Bennett Foddy did the art, Gabe Kazilla did the did the actual like mechanical game design, and then the other guy did the music. What a great game! Three people it's, making that incredible. I look. I, I love the you know the, the I love how many games were inspired by. Hotline Miami, which in, in turn was inspired by like Grand Theft Auto One and Two, which I think is like even though I've not revisited them since playing them when I was a teenager, that's like still my favorite era of Grand Theft Auto, and yeah. I wish those games were more readily available. I almost bought the dumbass PS One classic just so I could play um, oh, right, right, the first right. Grand Theft Auto game. It's really hard to play those games now. I have yeah. I have like a, a three disc uh, PS One compilation of the first three PS um, GTA games. Like oh, nice One Two and the UK one. Okay, but I don't have a PS One to play them on. God damn. Um, it keeps me up at night. I should get it and just play it because they're so much fun. Um, but just I, I love how many top-down shooters we get now. And yeah. Ape Out felt like such a crazy take on, on that genre. Yeah. Um, and again, another one, another another game that, uh, that you know, was all about trial and error, uh, killing of m- many people trying to kill you. Um, that took the wind out of uh, My Friend Pedro's sails as well. Yep, I agree with that. And I think it's like, whereas My Friend Pedro wanted, like, it was so much about stacking up that big score, which was kind of forcing you to play yes. the way that it wanted you to play. Whereas I, what I loved with Ape Out was it was just pure, like, Twitch response gameplay. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I, like, the first kind of few levels I played, I was like, yeah, I'm a big fucking monkey. I'm going to kill everybody in this bitch. Let's go. And it was only after I, like, failed those levels a bunch of time that I realized, like, oh, no, actually, what I want to be doing is being very stealthy and then the moment I spot someone killing them and then just fucking running like don't I mean, stop not, for anyone not necessarily there are so many different ways you can oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. do it yeah it I, was... I, I loved how open it was to interpretation yeah. of how you how you can play this game there, there, there is I think there, there is a run you can do a pacifist run yes. of this game I think that encourages you to try I, there's no fucking way no, I'd be able God, to no. I, I finished the game and then I've made it through the first two um, worlds or whatever on hard mode right it gets so insane, but yeah. as soon as rocket launches and snipers and that thing came in, and I was just like, "Nope, I can't." Yeah, this is too do much. This. But yeah, you, you you can you can grab onto doors and use them yes. as shields. You can use hu- other humans as shields. God, what you a can fun even game. like you can pick up body parts. Yes, and, and use throw them as weapons, and yeah. throw them essentially. Like yeah. it won't kill the person; just throw them off long enough for you to get there and take them out, smash them up. Yeah, great game, fantastic game, and a must play. Oh, but, and again, you know, it's in, in the same way that I think about Gato Roboto, ironically, also a Devolver Digital published game this year. Um, it's it's the embodiment of what I like about indie games. Out. It's it's a bunch of weird ideas thrown together, and it being like just like you know, it doesn't overstay its welcome at all. Yeah, has immense replayability, um, and it's and it's a really fun one to show somebody else. Yeah, I think it's it definitely there's a it's rewarding for spectators as yeah. much as for the person playing. Although the spectators will definitely be like, "You just died. Give me the control." <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is a game that I can I can imagine you and me playing 
when uh, in, in our in our formative friendship years, when uh, when you and I used to stay up all night playing GTA yes. three and Vice City and stuff like that, where we would play until the other person died or like do a mission and you know like yeah. just passing the the, the controller. I, I can imagine you and me getting a massive kick out of this game back in the day. Yeah, definitely. And that's why we do this shit. Man. Hell yeah, man! This is the reason for the season. So that's our number four. Um, let's go to number three. Do you want to take this one, John? Oh well, it's Untitled Goose Game. There it is. Yeah, finally it showed the up. The honkening. The honkening has occurred. I mean, this was that was what your number eight on your list. I oh, know number number six. Number six. Okay, so now that we've proven with data that I have better taste in game. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I I was I was so excited for Untitled Goose Game ever since I saw that first little gameplay that demo they released. Um, it's just it's soaking in charm. It's just such a like from this little this little English village they've created is so for someone like me who grew up on like Enid Blyton books and a lot of kind of British children's TV and that kind of stuff. It was definitely this world I felt weirdly comfortable in. See, I, I went more Australian than that. I thought Play School straight away. Okay, a that's long, interesting. Long children's TV show here. Yeah, there. it's definitely um, it's got the, the piano is the main reason I go. Of course, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it definitely it has like a children's book aesthetic to it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But um, again, it's it's like you just said for Ape Out, it taking these weird ideas. This like, w- let's make a stealth game, but instead of a spy, it's a goose, and like your job is just to annoy people essentially, and yeah. like bring a bit of havoc <laughs> to their day, kind of thing. Um, I spent like it's. Uh, it's it's a weird thing I have where I am not a patri- patriotic person at all, except when like I look up a music video on YouTube and it has the Rage logo at the beginning. For some <laughs> reason, that makes me be like Australia, man, hell yeah. Um, and indie video games, and just the fact that like uh, a four person team in Melbourne made this game that the whole world via the internet has just gone batshit crazy for. For some reason, I'm like, fuck, I'm proud of that. That's so good. And it had a bit of the kind of like, you know, the Wii Sports thing where like people who don't play games were talking about Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I think they, they, yeah, they, when they released it, it was available on, on Switch and then PC and Mac OS. Yeah. And so like a lot of people were just playing it, like, you know, the first game they ever bought on their laptop or whatever. Um, and, and, and then just played it until they couldn't do anything more in the game. Yeah. Um, an old friend of ours, Ann Cayley, um, uh, one of her tweets went, went viral. Uh, because she dragged every single thing, every single object oh, in the game, right. back to the to the goose's nest. Okay. Um. And and yeah. And then finally enough, someone was like pointed out. Actually, you forgot. Like it was like one thing in the game. And then she went back there, dragged that back to the nest. I was like, now I've done it. Fuck you. <laughs> but it was really fun. Like a, a lot of people that I don't associate with video games. Yeah. Talked about this game. I think maybe because of the meme ability of it. You know, you Definitely. had pedestrian and junkie, and I guess you know other other pop culture kind of. Uh, gossipy websites around the world talking about this game and its influence on uh and it broke it broke beyond culture. being a video game and became like there were discussions about like is the goose a leftist or or <laughs> on the right side of the political oh, yeah, spectrum yeah and you had um you had yeah like lots of um lots of brexit um yeah. uh protest uh, signs featured the untitled goose himself yeah i loved it yeah it was great i think one of the d- developers was like 
prior to the game, the goose chased Margaret Thatcher out of Britain and like installed John Major. They've the, the, been hilariously political, especially recently. Just, yeah. just before the recent UK election, they were like, "We don't tweet much, but please don't fucking vote Tory." Yeah, like, yeah. And oh, that, anyway, yeah. The, the British election was the worst game of 2019 <laughs> by far. Um, actually, no, Australian election second worst. But um, was that even this year? I think it was. Jesus I think it was Christ. like early this year. It's been a long year. But um, also, I love like I, again. It's a game that like there who is. Pub- a- who published the Australian election? Was that Devolver? Uh, no, I think it was uh, COD. The team. Call yeah, of it was, fuck it you, was, Call of Duty. It, it was EA. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's a game that gives a lot of um, sort of leeway and elasticity to how you want to play it because there are all these people like as you get with a lot of other stealth games. It's like right. I'm going to, like, people do run-throughs where they have to honk the entire time. Can they, like, finish the game by honking the whole way through? Oh, right, because it alerts everyone to, yeah, to it, your like, presence. It, yeah. they, they're sort of setting their own parameters for how they want to do a playthrough. And I think that's that's another example of, like, amazing game design of, yeah, you get the freedom to do as you wish, essentially. Which was, which was your favourite level in the game? I really liked the two neighbours side by side. I thought that was fun, like... Yeah, me too. ...bopping back and forth across the fence and especially working the, and, out... And, like, you know, my, in my narrative, they hate each other. Oh, of course. They, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Well, they are, like... She's some weird hippie and he's, like, a very regimented, probably Old military yeah, person. Yeah, right, yeah. And, of course, they fucking hate one another, but... Um, Not as much as they hate that damn goose, though. Oh, boy. I united them. You only, the, my biggest disappointment, disappointment was that you couldn't interact with the miniature world more. I wish there was more yeah. things you could do in that. It was it was a bit like... It did feel like a bit of a hurried coda. Like, oh, I'm in this miniature world. Oh, I can just go get the bell and then I got to get out. Yeah. Like, that was right. It will, uh, yeah. I will admit, when I finished the game, when I when I finished the base game, I did go like, oh, that that's it? I was I was expecting more kind of thing, but then I, I realized like no, it's the perfect length. That's- yeah, I'm, but look, I think this is me really trying to find things to criticize. Sure, we're so used to indie video games being announced like like most of the games on here. Like Ape Out was announced like three months before it came out. Yeah, or like you see rumblings of it, you don't see full like you know two minute long trailers or anything like that. Whereas I feel like Untitled Goose Game had like a two year lead lead in two year lead with a off the back of a ten minute. Um, off the back of a ten-minute uh, demo video, right? Because that and whole that whole garden, the first level was pretty much shown in a right. video years before it came out. And gamers, we're the dumbest. We oh, overhype so things so much in the lead up to them coming out, and we get ourselves so ready for disappointment. And like, yeah, like I said, like I think I loved the game as much as I did because I played it with my kids, and, and sure. I saw it through their eyes. Like, I hate the song "Dance Monkey." The other day. Um, I had like a random Spotify um, playlist on and Dance Monkey came on and I went to skip it and then my three-year-old daughter Tilly said, Dance Monkey. And then I learned that somehow she knows all the words to Dance Monkey. And now it's one of my favorite favorite songs of the year because I've heard her sing it and it's like, I love it now. And and I get it. That's a song for children. Right. (laughs) And like this this game, this game is... uh, I, like you know what this game is such a perfect game to introduce people to games with sure and uh and I think for that it it, it deserves so much merit but yeah like if you are a, you know a quote unquote disgusting seasoned gamer uh this is you know it's it's not what you're used to you are used to things being you know it feels like you learn how to play the game and then the game ends sure a little bit 
Sure. Um, and you're waiting for that big final challenge. Obviously, you know, the, having the bell there, it is it is so much fun. But I, I like that I kind of knew how it was going to end, and I was able to experience that with my kids instead of it being alone for it. Um, well, even even like my whole thing about like, oh, it's over. Like, I do like the fact that almost immediately it was like, there's a heap more to do list totally, for you to do because yeah. I went and looked and went like. Oh, cool! These are challenges that like cross between areas, and I like some of yeah. them are cryptic, and I need to work it out. And I'd, so I just went, "Cool, roll my sleeves up, head right back into town, and let's keep going." Yeah, then. that's awesome. Yeah, whereas Archie was like, "What? We have to do more things." <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Arch. Yeah, it was great. Um, what a great game! Although it does remind me a little bit of um, Gardens Between, another really great game that ended, I, th- I think, a little bit abruptly last year. Yep, that's and fair. again developed and and in in Melbourne. Right, of what course, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Melbourne may be the small games capital of the world. Right. Because <laughs> if, you, if you go a little bit souther, Adelaide, where a two-man team can make the 50-hour or more hollow night. True. <laughs> imagine the, what, the they, small can, games become imagine what they can do in the south of Perth. It's like one person. So much meth. An eight- <laughs> <laughs> well, you need that much meth to make a good indie game. Ooh, there's another big truck outside. It's not the home ice cream one. It looks like, it looks a, like a sewage truck. Yeah. Let's go buy a... Let's get some sewage. <laughs> a bucket of sewage. I running back, running back inside and my wife's like, we already got a big <laughs> bucket of sewage. That's a um, callback to last week, everyone. You should have listened. It was great. Yeah. A highlight of our, of our, of our, of our, six, our 10 to 6 list was when we got ice cream. Yeah. Uh, number three, buddy. Number three for me. Do you want to try and guess it? No. Okay, cool. It's the friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Of course. Shit. All right. Yeah. Um, I gotta get my head in the game. Yeah. So, uh, friends of Ringo Ishikawa is a. Um, well, look, I, I love the River City Ransom games, which uh, it's a very, very early like '80s Japanese beat 'em up game where you play as a Japanese uh, uh, student who beats up other Japanese students who, who wear different colours to you, and that makes them bad. How dare they? Um, and we've seen so many iterations of the beat 'em up, uh, you know, game. So many different River City Ransom games. They even released River City Girls this year as well. Um, but River City, um, sorry, what's the fuck called? Friends of Ringo Ishikawa has you play as a would-be successful student. Had, were you not swayed by the excitement of beating up students who wear different colours to your own uniform? Addicted to the beat-up. Um, and so this is a game where you can play it like River City Rampage and just spend your nights beating up other students and, and getting money and then, and, then, and then buying food to give yourself energy to go beat up more students. Um, but this is also a game with a day-night cycle and you have to sleep at the end of each night and suddenly it becomes a like a scheduling game mm. where you actually are encouraged to focus on your studies and uh, it's like a life sim where you have to borrow books from the library and have to sit down and in real time read them um, and then you also have to find people who, who will teach you new moves and, uh, and, 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 and basically like, you know, like uh, further your friendships with certain people in the game. You have to like, you know, there's, there's so much that goes on in this game. It was made by one person, Jesus. one Russian man. That's, uh, that was always the wildest part for me was like, oh, wow, a Russian guy made this? So Y-E-O, Yo is his That's name. That's right, yeah. And um, he's yeah, a, a Russian dude um, who works... I mean, the, the main people he worked with on this game are testers and translators. Right. Um, and for a game that has been written originally in Russian, I guess. Sure. Or, or, or like, you know, written by a Russian person whose English is certainly not his first language about Japan. It is such an insanely thoughtful... 
um, thoughtfully written game where the dialogue. I skip a lot of dialogue, especially if it's cutscenes with with talking audio. I fucking I just my brain turns off straight away. Sure, but if it's like there's something about pixel art games with dialogue where I'm just I'm just like oh, I'm going to read all of this, and this game was just so rewarding from a from a narrative point of view. This is more, way more your bag than it is mine. I <laughs> I just found the story in this game so endearing about this like this you know would be bright kid who's just so so. Just can't stop beating up other kids and <laughs> and being a dumb thug, being encouraged by every teacher in his life to like you know have a scholarship and, yeah. and try and like you know do all these extra research things. And I love like like the time management of it. I think you know I, I am I am obviously as anyone who listens to this game often, I'm far more drawn to a pixel art game than I am any other kind of game. And this is a pixel art game where you could do almost anything. Yeah, and uh, and there are so many weird things that you can completely miss in a, in a playthrough of this game, or yeah. or like you know you could spend you could play this game for ten hours and not work out what you're meant to do. Yeah, I definitely did that. <laughs> um, um, but the uh, you know if 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 you want tips, the, the the developer has has left tons of them all over the internet for you to find and give yourself a little a little like you know helpful guide through the game should you need it. But I would totally recommend this. I'm pretty sure it's on sale at the moment too. Um, if not, it's just it's it's such an important game, I think, and yeah. I, and he he has become like my most anticipated next uh, next ne- game, ne- ne- that, yeah, and he he's already um he's already scrapped what he was working on next and started anew on something completely different. Oh shit! I okay. love him. I love this guy. I just like I know nothing about him beyond that he made this almost perfect game and. Um, I emailed him and said how much I loved it, and he was, you know, very, very appreciative. Like Amazing. this is this is the embodiment of what I love about indie games. Aside from the time thing, uh, this took me about fifteen hours to play. Sure, maybe around 10, 10 hours to play. This, you know, it's, it's a bit longer than your average small game, but it's like I said, it's earlier. It's, it's you know a bunch of weird ideas jammed together like this. It's w- a would be beat 'em up game, except it's a time management life sim. Yeah, uh, about. And, and, and about story, so it's almost like you know what people want out of a um, Shenmue game. Sure, but it's you know very very like you know uh, primitive, eight bit graphical style, sixteen bit graphical style. Um, not that after ten minutes you even notice. Like there's a lot of emotion that you can get from oh, these funny faces. Totally. And, yeah, man, I fucking love this game. It's so good. It's it's one that I can't wait to eventually play again. Even though I have no plans to, I know one day I will. Sure, and I sure. can't I can't wait for that because I, I you know. Going into this game, knowing what to do, knowing who to talk to first to initiate um, points in the story that will allow me to access certain things as soon as possible. Because like, yeah, like the first two hours I spent in this game, I was just fucking around. If you get beaten up too much, you fall asleep, you pass out, and wake up yeah. in your bed with no money. <laughs> like, yeah, just like great weird things like that. Like it definitely pushes the player away in those early hours. And I think games should challenge you. Sure, of course. Uh, not all of them, but like you know, a game like this, I, 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 I this I adored every moment of this game, and. Uh, I'm regretting putting it at number three, to be honest. It could be higher, but two and one are just too special. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm very, very curious about what your two and one are. So okay, so I know I'm going to jump butt in here and try and guess yours. So I know you've got Outer Wilds in there. Yes, I know you've got Disco Elysium in there. I'm going to guess Disco Elysium number one, Outer Wilds number two. I have no idea what number three is. Have I not done number three? Did you just do number three? We we did Ape Out. Yeah, and then I did Untitled Goose Game. Oh fuck! Okay, right. And you did Ringo Ishikawa. Okay, well let's find out if my if my even though even though I can't listen, let's find out if I'm right with my predictions. Uh, so I'm my number two now. Yep. Baby, it's out of wilds. Damn it! You were right. He's done it again. He's done it again. (laughs) Um, Out of Wilds, published by Annapurna, developed by Mobius Digital. It is. I was. It's funny, Dan. Dan Fletcher, friend friend of ours. Um, just started playing it uh-huh. like in the last couple of days, and he he sent me a message that he, where he's like, "This is like if No Man's Sky was made by Tim Schafer," <laughs> and I was like, "That's a fucking perfect description." Like, you know, the kind of like the the expansive concept of space travel and exploration married with like a really tightly focused kind of cute story. That is, you know, that that is inhabited by mostly annoying characters. Is that what you're going? With? Well, no, I mean. <laughs> No, hey, who's who's annoying in the Tim Schafer verse? Almost everyone, really. <laughs> like, given time, afterwards. Oh, sure. yeah, every, yeah. At, at every, the time we loved them, everyone's yeah. annoying on a long enough timeline. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. um, Even me, yeah, especially me. Um, yeah, it's uh, for me. It was one of those things of like, it's funny actually listening back to last year's. Game of uh, it's our game insane of that one. you put two platformers as your number one and two last year. That is so. Oh, that's Jamer. that's so not me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was one one thing that really came up over and over that's again. That's my with disgusting you. influence. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, it was one of the really interesting thing that came up over and over again last year was you talking about how one of the things you love the most in games is exploration. Yep. This just does exploration so perfectly, like it is it. It is really, um, it's great when games give you the chance to experience something that you might not ever get to experience. I'll never blast off to space, probably, in my lifetime. Oh, don't say that, man. Yeah, it's coming, dude. It's coming. You don't know what you're going to get for Christmas. But with this, from the first moment you jump into your spaceship and just rock it out of the atmosphere and see the whole solar system. Elton John starts playing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for some reason, it's I'm still standing. Um, <laughs> it's crocodile. It's crocodile. Um, just the the feeling of like, oh my god, I can I can wander anywhere. I can do anything. I can like this whole solar system is laying before me. I choose where I want to go from this point. Like the the rush of that feeling, the rush of that sense of freedom is amazing. And for all the long like. Outer Wilds was my number one for such a long time this year, until Disco Elysium came out, and even then, spoilers. It was, and even then, it was a huge, like, huge argument within me as to which one takes it. But um, yeah, Disc uh, uh, Outer Wilds is something that if you have the chance, play it. 
and you'll know exactly like you'll you'll get the exact sense of what I'm talking about. Just that first that first moment you take off from your home planet. And then the first time you get hit with the twenty two minute time cycle. So it's like minute, but yep. it's twenty two minutes. Twenty two minutes. Twenty two minute. Um but that first time you get hit by that supernova and wake up back on your own home planet and like talk to people and go, What the hell's going on? And everyone's like, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about and you're like, I died, why am I still here? kind of thing. <laughs> But, you know, from that to the design of the planets and the way that they have, like, hazards built into them that kind of force you to really focus on your exploration to each life cycle you go through kind of going like, okay, this one, I'm doing this thing. I have a goal for it. And your goal might change every time. Like, you might fuck up on your way to that goal, so you try it again. Or you go like, okay, I'm going to leave that one for the moment and focus on this goal instead. Like, it's a game that allows you to play it how you, like play through this mystery, play through this story, how you choose to do that, not how the designer wants you to do it. And that sense of freedom is always fantastic in a game when done right. Um, I, yeah, I, I love Outer Wilds. I have yet to finish it. I hope to sit down, because it's on my Xbox, I hope to sit down at some point during this holiday period, what little there is left on the 30th of December. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is and, definitely when we're recording. Oh, totally. Um, we're recording on the 2nd of Jan. How does that work? Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's something I hope to sit down and actually, I think I'm pretty close to the end. I just need to do a couple more things. But yeah, it's it's incredible. It's, How many hours in would you say you were? Oh, maybe about 10, yeah, 12. Right, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a medium um, game. But just every every time you land on a new world and and figure out what's going on in that world, finding little objects at the edge of the solar system, there's so many things about this game that just each time you do it just gives you a little hit of endorphins. Like, oh, that's fucking incredible. Unreal. Yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, it's again, I like, definitely, like, it, it came out the same week as uh, Death Stranding on, right. on PS4. And you made and the wrong like, no, choice. No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Ang- no. Angus will kill you, dude. That's he will actually kill you, you down and kill you. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is definitely one that I wish I was able to squeeze in this year, but I, I also didn't want to like play like half an hour of it and be like, oh, I think I get it. It's really good, I guess. Yeah, sure. I've heard so many people like play like a cycle and be like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. And like on Fogger, mm. I'm like, man, don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to play in the next year. Excellent. And, uh, excellent. Look forward to uh, giving you a high five when uh, I learn how good it truly is. Wonderful. Now, now I cannot you- guess your number. I cannot guess you your number. you For some weird reason, I cannot like, I think it's... <sighs> I almost need the the tumbler in front of me to go through like all the games we've played this yeah, year. Yeah, it's tough to kind of recall. Well, number two is a game that you, that's already featured on your on your top ten. Interesting. Okay, Katana Zero. Right. Sure. 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 Uh, Katana Zero, uh, my favorite Devolver Digital game of the year in a, in a in a year that was filled with many good ones. Yes. And um, uh, you you mentioned earlier, it's it's you're you're playing as a. An ex ex samurai ex soldier um, who just wants a quiet life, but also wants no one to be near him, and has to uh, make periodic visits uh, with a psychiatrist who give, just so he can get drugs that will, uh, like you know, keep his mind at ease because yes. he, has, he's, he has this experimental drug within him that allows him to slow down and alter time. Um, and uh, what I loved about it was that um, you know, look, majority of my favorite Devolver games from Miami um, Hotline Miami to Ape Out is that, you know, it's all about, like, you know, die and die again until you get to the end of, of, of the level. Katana Zero is that, but it has a story. 
Yes. And Hotline Miami sort of has a story, like a pretty fucked up one. Yeah. So does Katana Zero. But Katana Zero is so much more dialogue driven. And I found myself, like, one, absolutely loving the set of tools you're given to traverse these, you know, uh, you know, very twitchy uh, slow down time, kill, doing the perfect run, trying to like make it through a few rooms without being being killed by somebody else. Like, there's something so satisfying in that kind of. This is one of my favorite style of games that Hotline Miami kind of gameplay. Sure, but I so, so I loved that aspect of it. But I also found myself really looking forward to my next dialogue with you know the little girl that lives next door to me yep. and my psychiatrist as well. Um, and as that gets more and more fucked up and learning more about that world, you know, you you are given a set of underworld figures that you have to uh, take out yes um, and, that, that, and that kind of is the, the boss to each level um and there's so many weird secrets in this game too there's like there's there's a bunch of rooms that you that you are granted access to at the end but you have to find the codes to get into each room and you get them by replaying the game and and doing it making a different decision at certain key points yeah of the game to try and find these uh like you know entry cards um, there's there's like hidden bosses in this game, um, and even though it was a game that ends a little bit preemptively that I was expecting, I was like I ended it instead of going like oh it's over like on a goose game I was like oh my god there's going to be a next one oh hell yeah that's and, right and being really really excited for that sequel and and you know th- because it's such a they've already completely perfected the gameplay which means now they can just introduce all these great fun new mechanics in yeah. in the second 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 one of these and you know how are they going to continue the story who's going to be involved there's like you know also like you can end this game quite early by choosing to die yes <laughs> and i love it when 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 games give you that option it makes one of the first games i ever played where, where that happened was a game called neverhood yep it was a pc adventure game and everything was made out of clay mm mm-hmm. mhm and at one point in the game, it's like, um, don't jump down here. If you jump down here, you'll die and the game will be over. And so, of course, you just go, click, I'm going to jump down here and Whee! see what happens. And it's like, game over. We told you <laughs> this would kill you. Why did you do it? Um, and there's a similar kind of moment in this in this yeah. game where, where characters outright say, you know, you can live or die at this point. What choice are you going to make? You and die, if you just die, just the credits, credits run. There's also one thing I love is... In in dialogues with people, you can choose to interrupt them. Yes, which is such an amazing which feature. Is yeah, weird. like there were definitely times where I'm like, I'm going to hear this person out, but I think a lot of the time with the psychiatrist who quickly proves themselves to be a piece of shit, I'd be like, shut up, yeah, don't tell me. Anything. And then and then but then like you know you get less dialogue options with that character if you cut them off. Yeah, of course. And they get angrier with you, and they and they cut cut the conversation with you. Like yeah. it is a very interesting combination of like really good pretty tight platforming and so combat tight. mechanics like, yeah, yeah. with really interesting kind of narrative choice-based story stuff. What's funny is that until the collection came out on Switch this year for a very short time in Australia right. um, uh, before getting banned, uh, I'd never played Hotline Miami. So okay. I'd played so many games that were influenced by it. Um, you know, Katana Zero, Ape Out, Away From Pedro, um, all were published by Devolver. Um, and so when I played uh, Hotline Miami, I kept trying to do a slowdown button. Right. Because I'm used to it in Katana Zero and my sure. friend Pedro and, um, you know, even like games like Time Recoil. And, uh, yeah. which, actually, Time Recoil, one of my favorite underrated gems on the Switch, is 90% off right now. It's like $1.20 Hot in Australia. If you're Australian, you have like three days to do it. Go to the Switch sale, buy Time Recoil. It is a very short Hotline Miami-esque game in which you can alter time. And every time you kill somebody, 
it, it, up to eight different people. If you kill them, you keep getting more superpowers, basically, yeah. and upgrades to what you can do in a short window of time. So it, it really is like it's a really great kind of Hotline Miami S game for a speedrunning community. Yep, um, definitely recommend. Have you played it at all? Uh, I think I might have played it on my. Did I get you a code for it? No. I think you might even have it. We'll see, we should see. I love right. that game. You should okay. buy it. If, you, if, I, if I can get you one, you should buy it. Sure, sure, sure. A dollar fucking 20, man. Yeah. You got to do it. Okay. Um, it could be more, but like, you know, two, <laughs> around the $2 mark for, for Look, a, a any, very underrated anything, game. Anything less than 10 is gravy, my friend. Let's but you, do this. Yeah. So you, once you kill somebody, you can slow down time in that game. And so I kept right. waiting for something in Hotline Miami to allow me to slow down time. In in uh, in Katana Zero, I think it's like one of the left the left trigger or whatever. Sure. allows you to slow down time to the point where you can have someone, you can hear a gunshot, slow down time, see the bullet coming towards you, then deflect it with your, your, your like, Katana, and then it hits them and kills them. That's that was always you, so fun. Yeah. So and good. so, like, one person can be alerted to your presence in the room, and then you can kill them after they fire one shot, and then no one's any the wiser yeah. that you're in the in the room with them. Um, and it, it become it just like to the point where like I would uh, I would kill like you know I would make my way to live through like seventy five percent of the room, and um, then suddenly someone would be alerted to my presence. And even though I probably could have gotten to one hundred percent of that room, nah. I'd be like, no, I'm going to kill myself. Nah. I want to do this completely undetected. You got to do this right. And yeah, another, again, another really great replayable game. You can revisit any of the any of the levels in in that game from uh, once you finished it at any point. And there's you know you should because you get you can get access to to new shit, yeah, and new bosses and and cool stuff like that. Like so, I mean, it's, it's an older game now. I don't know if you know this. The secret boss in that game is like a monstified version of the psychiatrist. Oh hell yeah! So yeah, and it's really difficult to get him. I still haven't done it yet. I just know that that's something that exists in that game. Okay, and that's like whenever I see a bunch of new games in my in my library, I'm like, oh, but I need to go back and find that weird boss in Katana Zero. Yeah, I got to do the monster psychiatrist. Yeah, uh, but hell yeah, yeah, that sounds dope. A real fucking good game. Hell yeah! All yeah. right, number one, baby, Disco Elysium. Yours Of mine Yeah So you can't guess it at all <sighs> A game that I liked so much I think I named the episode Bleh, Oh is Blasphemous Levin's. Yes <laughs> I even <laughs> named one of the episodes Of all the small games Blasphemous is Levin's Favourite game of the year He left a clue Yeah It was very cryptic Yeah <laughs> Took a lot of solving Blasphemous of course Tell us about your weird, kinky, gothic horror game. Yeah, so, I mean, look, Blasphemous was a game that I saw advertised, like, a year or two ago. It kind of goes against what I was saying about Untitled Goose Game, but it was definitely a less is more approach to that, where I just saw this, like, hyper-violet pixel art game with, with like, these bizarre <laughs> enemies that you were fighting and you you look like a dude with a whip or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, it just looked so weird and gory but pic- like, and, like, just incredible. I, mean, I love pixel art. Sure. Anyone who listens knows that. Hey, hey. It's my preferred. I love it too. Form of art, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, I I didn't think it was kind of come to Switch. I thought it was just going to be like a PC game or, you know, like a a console game like that, except for Switch. So when they announced like day and date, it was going to come to Switch and all other consoles. I was like, oh my god, holy moly! Yeah. And uh, I wrote to the developer of that game, the publisher of that game. So it was uh, a it was it was developed by the Game Kitchen, and published by Team Seventeen, mm-hmm. who uh, had a pretty good year. Um, yeah. as, as publishers Team 17 They're like Best known for Overcooked and, yeah, and yeah. Worms Worms Yeah but um And Overcooked Worms <laughs> I should do that Yeah they were, They're doing um An escapist survival game Is their next game That they're doing Okay Did you see that It was in the last uh, Nindies yeah, yeah, video Yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. But uh, look uh, Blasphemous is unlike anything That, that uh, Team 17 ever published before It's a Metroidvania 
Gasp. Which is not unlike any game that I've played. In, and I think, you know, my favorite last game of last year was a Metroidvania. It's my favorite genre of game in my favorite kind of art, pixel art. This is also the, sure. the year that I finally played Castlevania Symphony of the Night on Vita and loved it. And, you know, I was disappointed by Blasphemous immediately after it. I still would say that, like, the art style, the, you know, Unity Engine 3D uh, graphical style of, um, of uh, Bloodstained is... Uh, the biggest detriment to that game. I wish it was a pixel art game. You said you finished Castlevania and then played Blasphemous. Do you mean played Bloodstained? That's right. Sorry, okay, no, good. No. I was a bit like, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, everyone who has listened to this, this episode this year knows that I get those two games sure, like, confused. Sure, sure. They're both like, you know, gory uh, Metroidvania yeah. games uh, that start with blur. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I like look. Blasphemous got a pretty middling review from uh, a lot of critics. Like IGN gave it like a six or something like that. Dickheads. They also gave Death Stranding a six, which is my favorite AAA game of the year. So whatever. I'm thrown into a spin here. I yeah. don't know what to believe. Um, but um, also, I think that's what happens when you have multiple reviewers. Sure. Like, there is a, a reviewer at IGN who hosts the Nintendo Voice Chat IGN podcast. Tom Marks, who is the reason that I even knew about Hollow Knight to begin with. He was okay. talking about it on PC before it came out on Nintendo Switch, and then I got it day and date because he was excited about it. Um, I wish he was the reviewer for Blasphemous, because I think as a fan of Metroidvanias, he would have understood. seen the value in it. Yeah. Not even understood it, but just would have, like, you know... I don't know. It was a game that I, I, I was really looking forward to him playing, so I could right. find a, a common common soul in this. Because I, I know a few people in the, uh, in the PayFam Discord... Uh, have, have have gone in on this game on, on my recommendation and loved it. Uh, it is a game. Um, what's the setting it's set in? Uh, it's like gothic, kind of gothic, Spanish, Euro- gothic yeah. European Dark Ages, Gothic Catholicism, essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, the, the the game studio are from Spain themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's a uh, yeah. It, the game is set in a land of religion and superstition with multiple influences from Christianity. The game's art style is influenced by the locations, traditions, and culture of Seville in Spain, and influences can also be seen in the artwork A Procession of Flagellants. God damn. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you play as, like, uh, fuck, I can't remember all the terms right now. You, the Penitent One? Yeah, the Penitent One. And and so, like, it has all of the, the trappings of a Metroidvania game. Like, you're leveling up, you have, like, you know, energy that you have to level up so you can take more damage. Mm-hmm. But that is... I, 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 it's been a few months since I played it, but like sure. it, it's all represented by different things that that link back to religious iconography, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and things like that, and and your soul, and it has like the Hollow Knight slash Dark Souls thing where if you die, you know, you you leave back a some of your riches. Um, normally, it's like yeah, all your money gets left at the point where you die, and you have to track back to where you were last were and reclaim your money. Sure. In this one, you're like your sins. Yes. Your guilt, sorry, your guilt. You yes. leave behind your guilt and you have to go back and reclaim your guilt or un- otherwise you have to find someone to confess your guilt to to reclaim your guilt if you've yeah. left them all over the, the world. The map is enormous um, and, again, it's the, it's that discovery thing of finding all these different uh, terrains and, and, and situations to traverse through. My absolute highlight of the game is when you make it to a prison um, in okay. which there are like people that escape their cells and charge at you. Um, there were so many inventive um, and and creepy uh, enemies and bosses. Like the, my absolute favorite boss was like this skeleton pope in a coffin being held up by the arms of his supporters. Yeah, and so you have to first attack all the arms while he's attacking you until they like 
drop the coffin and then you can attack the skeleton. Amazing. It was so inventive. It's so fun. You get all these bizarre, like, um, prayers instead of mana or, or spells. Yeah. Um, so your, your prayers represent, like, the big magical axe you can get. Uh, and then there was, like, like, some of the bosses are just, like, another fighter that's the same size as you that's just very powerful. Like, the, the array of different enemies that you fight in this it was so satisfying some of the boss levels are so fucking difficult and just rely on you just not making a mistake yes you know what i mean like it's not you can't just fuck up your way through it like if you make one mistake you're fucked um and uh there are even there's even like someone in this game who at, before you start fight um going up against the the, th- the three early bosses is like hey do you want some help i can help you and that you can either say yes or no and if you say yes three times, you then have to fight that person's sibling who's like, my my sister gave her life to support you. Oh, wow. And like, he's one of, he's, he is by far the hardest boss you face. Oh, for up fuck's until that sake. Point. It's like, it's so clever though. Yeah. And it's a game that, again, like all these games that I've, t- that I've put in my top, you know, top five, they're games with like immense replayability. Like given this was a game that I played for 30 something hours, so I'm going to need to like, you know, be pretty far away from it to replay it. But... I, I really want to know what happens when you when you refuse the help of, sure. of 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 these of this person and she still lives. Do you do have you fight to fight her? Yeah, exactly. Like who yeah. do you fight? Like or do you just get? Is that just not a difficult boss that you have to get through? Yeah. Um. Man, I loved the hell out of this game, and I was mostly encouraged to put make it my number one because I have not seen it on anyone else's top ten list this sure. year. Um. And Siri doesn't understand, <laughs> but it was it was just it was, play it, Siri. <laughs> Um, but look, I, I I urge anyone who likes Metroidvanias to give this one a shot. Yeah, it's a it, it is a beautiful looking and weird and cool game. Um, I know some of the criticism comes from like the somewhat slow, sluggish kind of combat, but like I don't know, like the, the penitent one is like he's just a mere mortal with yeah. a, with a weapon, and like I kind of liked that it was. And there's a, a- difference between sluggish combat and paced combat. Like, well, it's, it's it's beautifully responsive, but, that's, but it's like yeah, he, it, you don't just run up and be like yeah as quickly as possible. It's all it's the dance of like parry, learn the learn the opposition, what they're going to do, then attack when you like. Because I was when I started playing it, I did my usual like, I just run in and spam the attack button and I'll be fine. Like no, no, I was not fine. No, you, have so to, you have to parry. I learned yeah. to like you know, there's shielded enemies. I need to wait for them to kind of attack me so I can parry and open them up and then take them you know all that kind of stuff and it just has all the things that I just find so addictive like you know it's that knowing that that if you just go forward a little bit more you're going to have access to a new area and then find a new warp point and then you're going to get a new level up that's going to allow you to go back and and, and revisit all these things who knows what you're going to find there and also is that great thing that really satisfying thing where you keep getting more powerful and also better at the game. So, like, enemies that were just wasting you earlier in the game, you can then just go back to... Like, you know, you end, they end up becoming, like, just an obstacle on the way yeah. that you can just cut not down a, in two swipes. Not, like, even in, not even in the service of the game. You're just going back to be, like, beat on these guys. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like when you come back to your childhood bully and you're all swole and you're like, what now? Let's do this. Uh, it's like that. So, I got the bad ending of this game. To oh, get the no. good ending, you have to um, do a lot more... Basically, you have to um, destroy um, not quite a save point, but something similar to a save point okay. that allows you to get your guilt back. Once you've destroyed all these things, you can then go get the good ending. Um, so uh, that is something that I one day hope to do. And I, I can't I- imagine what the bad ending is. 
Uh, I mean, like, yeah, you, you, you win, it just is, like, kind of a bummer. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you play games like Catholicism. that. Catholicism. Yeah. yeah, but I just, yeah, I loved it. It was, it was quite, it's quite daring to do a religious oh, 100%. themed game that, like, I didn't see any controversy about this. People didn't, I guess it wasn't, maybe it's a good thing that it wasn't anyone's top 10 list because no sure. one seemed to be up in arms about its portrayal of, you know, early Catholicism and Christianity. But, um, I mean, also it's, you know, extremely heightened, but yeah, also yes. there's so much fucked up shit in, oh in, my in religious history. It, it's it was so ripe for, for, yeah. for games. Yeah. yeah. And metal band album covers. Yeah, totally. Too. Like I, 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 w- I would love an even more referential, like instead of being based around the people who follow Catholicism, like I would love a, a like a, a Castlevania in which you play as, you know, someone in the Old Testament, or like a like a really biblical feeling, yeah. uh, feeling uh, Metroidvania game would be so much fun. Mm. Like, you know, I've grown up being forced to listen to those stories, so they're they're drawn into well my. Get, might as well get something. I might as well get to kill all the characters. Yeah, in them, exactly. Right? Yeah. You have not unlocked the ability to part the Red Sea yet. <laughs> Please come Crush. Back. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Blasphemous number one. That's my number one game of the year. I like. Oh, I, I, any of those top three games, I, I, or even Kate, yeah, top five. Kate into Hyrule, Ape Out, Ish, Ringo Ishikawa, Katana Zero, and um, and and Blasphemous. When I said in the last episode that I hadn't decided in the order, that was because the, I loved those five games so much that they are all interchangeable to me. They could all be in that top three and in, in that number one spot. Number one, they're excellent games, right? And obviously. Uh, everyone, Archie's back. Archie's back. Have you have you have you changed your mind? Have you got a uh, a different? A different what do you one think about blasphemous? Bla- where, where would you not put blasphemous ca- on, not on your hundred best? Enough. <laughs> hey, this is a good Catholic school educated oh, boy. Okay. Oh, I know. He's, He's not gonna... ready for blasphemous. <laughs> um, Archie, John's going to tell us his number one game of the year. Are you ready? You ready for this? Yeah. Getting, a, getting a big smile from the boy. My number one game of the year is as Levin's proudly guessed minutes ago disco elysium yeah i i think i'm like a lot of a lot of people a lot of people this year where disco elysium just came out of left field and proved to be one of the most actually if you go back to the kitchen i'll give you a treat when we finish recording okay (laughs) my number one parenting my number one game of the year is child bribery (laughs) um Look, it's Disco Elysium came out of nowhere and honestly, on paper, shouldn't work. Like, it's an old school isometric RPG, very heavily based in like old school pen and paper dice RPGs, but there's no combat. All your like, all the kind of stats you can build up are like parts of your mental faculty, faculty essentially, like empathy. Or, like, you know, another example is, like, Shivers, which is kind of, like, a sense of what's happening on the street. Yeah, right. Like, that kind of stuff. Esprit de corps, you know about police procedure and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, on paper, all of this stuff, if you just read it, you'd be like, this is nuts. What the what the fuck is this game about? Playing this game, I, I've seen Disco Elysium, because obviously it being 2019, there's a lot of lists coming out about best games of the decade. I've seen Disco Elysium popping up on those lists, and I'm 100% behind it. It is, it is like, it's blown away. How to put this? It's un. It's both very similar to and unlike anything I've ever played before. It, well, it makes sense that it would be in that best games of the decade because I think one of the biggest, most prominent game genres of the last decade is um the western rpg yes this like is it, fair. It, it was such a you know a japanese genre of game for so long uh, until like you know 
you know, you're obviously you have like, you know, the big fantasy style RPGs and, you know, like your, your, your um, moral wind or whatever the yeah. fuck, you know, that, that shit and, and your fallouts, you know, the Bethesda style of game. But sure, this feels like a, almost like, you know, pen and paper dice roll style RPG. Like it's, it's almost like the next evolution of RPGs for video games. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but like if you if you haven't played this game, the story is you are a detective um, who has been sent to a town to investigate a murder. The thing is, you've already been in town for seven days. You've spent that seven days wasted off your face on drugs and alcohol. So when the game starts, you can't actually remember who you are or why you have come to this town. So it's up to you to sort of like wander around and talk to people. And as sort of subtly or as unsubtly as you want, go, hey, I can't remember who I am. Do you know who I am? Why am I here? Sort of thing. (laughs) And what this allows you to do is kind of, as you go through your dialogue choices, you make your own character. You can choose if you want to be this, like, I sort of chose this path of penitence, I guess, where I'm like, look, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to get wasted anymore. It was dumb of me to do that. Fuck it. You can double down. Really? You can, like, take drugs in people's faces. You can, like, be a total dirtbag, be a complete piece of shit. If you want to, there's there's options in the dialogue to do that. You can go completely insane, essentially. Um, you know, you have a partner. You can, I think, refuse the help of your partner. You can be like, why are you following me? Fuck off. I work alone. I'm, a, I'm the coolest cop in this place kind of thing. Um Obviously, the story it's telling is it's a very heavily text kind of based game. Um, all all the dialogue sort of happens in in text format, but it does have some incredible voice acting, um, including people from like Chapo Trap House or Pod Save America <laughs> or some weird connection like that. Like one of the political podcasts do voice work. The soundtrack is by the by a uh, English indie group, British Sea Power, which. Again, if you're into music, that might be something that, that jazzes you up. But um, I it just it blew me. The writing in this game blew me away. It it is at turns hilarious. It is at turns heartbreaking. It's poetic. Um, just you know, like the way this guy, the way this guy might be talking about himself one minute was making me laugh a lot, and then one of his senses might kick in, particularly shivers, the one about like what's happening in the street sort of thing, and just deliver you this line of like pure sort of prose about like, you know, the, the chip packets rustle in the wind. As there's so and so, and I'm just like, wow, that's fantastic. One tear rolling down yeah, your cheek. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. But then like, there's another part where you have to go and tell a woman that you found her husband dead and like, you know, kind of classic police work style. The, the world it's in is really weird and interesting. It's like a very sort of European, Eastern European feeling world. But like, I can't even explain the politics of it. It's like the city it's set in is owned by various, like a conglomeration of nations around the world kind of thing. Um, it is very, very heavily couched in, in sort of politics and social theory. Um, I, I like... I sunk 40 hours into it and almost wanted to turn around and go again just to make different choices. Like I wanted to see how, how my choices affected how the game ends essentially. Um, I did say in that, in that Facebook group you were talking about earlier, there's a very, very, very slight wobble in the ending. As far as I'm concerned, When, when it's revealed who committed the murder, my initial reaction was like, 
okay, right. But then something happens that I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm 100% back on board. This has just gotten really, really, really weird. Let's run with this kind right. of thing. Um, yeah, it's just... It's some of the most incredible world building I've ever seen. Some of the most amazing dialogue I've ever seen. Um, character building across the board. It was just... Like I said about Outer World, Outer Wilds, that was my number one for ages. And then I played Disco Elysium and just went, shit, this has just blown me away. I can't believe, like, and it's it's one of those weird things where it's like, it's still PC only. I know, I hope it comes to console. It's coming to console, it's coming to Xbox and PS4 next year. Okay. I'm really looking forward to more people getting to play this game, which is the same with Outer Wilds. Like, Outer Wilds was an Xbox exclusive for a long time. It coming to PS4, I was like, thank fuck, because more people that I know, because I'm sure a bunch of people played it, but I don't know many people with Xboxes, because y'all are smart. <laughs> I got mine for free. Um, but yeah, I cannot wait for more people to get to experience Disco Elysium, because it just blew me away how incredible it was. Yeah. Unreal. Hot damn! Let's, five through one. Let's cut through the let's, top ten. Let's do it again. You go, go, go. Okay, number ten, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Number nine, Slay the Spire. Number eight, What the Golf. Number seven, Gato Roboto. Number six, Untitled Goose Game. And number five, Cadence of Hyrule. Number four, Ape Out. Number three, The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Number two, Blasphemous... Sorry, number one, Katana Zero. And number... Wait. Number, number two. Number two, Katana Zero. And number one, Blasphemous. There we go. For me, number ten, Grindstone. Number... Eight, number nine, Children of Mortar. Number eight, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Number seven, Katana Zero. Number six, Control. Number five, What the Golf. Number four, Ape Out. Number three, Untitled Goose Game. Number two, Out of Wilds. And number one, Disco Elysium. So, John, um, I also asked you uh, to have a think about what you think the best indie publisher of the year was. I think far and away we're both going to say Devolver. It's Devolver. So here's what Devolver put out in uh, 2019. Pikuniku. Amazing. Ape Out. Great. Weedcraft Incorporated. Eh, I've played it. It's Katana good. Zero. Um, I don't know what Observation is. Oh, I know that one. It's um, uh, you play as a space station AI as things go wrong on the space station and you're trying to... It looks good. It's been actually... It's been making its way into a lot of end of year lists as well. Gato Roboto. Sure. Devolver Bootleg. Yeah. My Friend Pedro. Okay. Gorn. Uh, Metal Wolf Chaos right. XD. Hell yeah. Witch Eye. Right. He- Heave Ho. Exit the Gungeon. Cricket Through the Ages. These are all... Um, <laughs> mobile. These are all mobile games, like Apple Arcade games. Cricket Through the Ages is great. Bleak Sword and Painty Mob. Hell yeah. And then That's they just- a fucking strong year. That's crazy. What was the... um? What was the uh, the first person game that I just copied the code to on Switch? You haven't sent it to me, but it's the Talos Principle. That goes with the, the, they put out a Switch version of that too. Yeah. Thank you for the reminder. I'll send that to you. Yeah. Um, and then we know for next year, they've got Weird West, which was just in that last Nindies. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's by the guys who made um, uh, something. Something that, a lot bigger than those, that, that, that game looks. Sure. Um, Fall Guys, which is I like mean, a party game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Carrion, which at this point is oh, an Xbox exclusive. Oh, looks which is really easy. Hell yeah. Upsetting for me. Um, it's like, hey, not so dumb now, huh? <laughs> and something called Ata. And Serious Sam 4 Planet Badass. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what that is. Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, Devolver had an incredible year this year. Like They did. How many? I think there's like four of their games in my top ten. Yeah, it's, um, that's quite possible. Gata Roboto, Ape Out, and Katana Zero. So three. And then Pikachu, who are my honorable mentions. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I still maintain a lot of love for Annapurna. Yeah. And I think if they drop... If they drop Kentucky Zero TV Edition, the complete game on Switch this coming year, 
boom automatic win for next year massive yeah awesome that's how much i love it well it was an incredible uh year and incredible episode i hope you enjoyed these last two extra long episodes yes small games um we're going to take a break um i don't know for how long definitely one week possibly two yes we will we will have an ep up in january it'll just probably be back half a few episodes up in january sure. maybe even two to three. Oh. But, but uh yeah we'll, we'll we'll definitely have one to two weeks off yeah uh, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm not in sydney for a few weeks and uh also i think we could both use a break we so, could both yeah to actually play games instead of talking about them yeah uh, so thank you so much for listening this year uh, i think we made the, the massive decision to turn this into a weekly show this year and i yes. hope uh, we've, look we've mostly stuck to schedule uh it's been especially trying these last few weeks yeah Next year, I am taking a lot less work in December. I can tell you that much. Excellent. Um, but so I can actually play games and relax a bit more and actually see my family. Um, and also not be like, oh my God, now I've got to edit a half hour podcast. <laughs> right. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, thanks to everyone for, to, who started listening to the show this year. And thanks to yes. everyone who, even more for, for sticking with us for, from years beforehand. Uh, I love doing this show. I love hanging out with John. Hell yeah. And uh, and talking about our favorite thing in the world, which is indie video games. Woohoo! Hope you have a great New Year's Eve. If you want to contact us, you can uh, hit us up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash all the small games, or Twitter, all the small game, or at all the small game. Um, or you can send us an email, all the small games at gmail.com. You can hit us up individually. Levin's is uh, Levdog, L E V D A W G, and I am at 16 Tacos across both Insta and Twitter. We That's love hearing from you. I mean, we, look, yeah. we, 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 we know that there Give are... Give us your top 10. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast, and I reckon we only ever hear and interact with, I don't know, 20 of them. Yeah. Uh, it would be great. Look, I'm not saying tell us how much you love us, but like, you know, if, if you are a fan of, 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 of this show, uh, let, yeah. us, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. If, so, you, uh, if you're out there lurking, come yeah. in from the cold. Don't be a lurker. Be a murker. Come and kill us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Don't, no, wait. Don't be lurking. Wear a merkin. Oh. Send us a pic. <laughs> We need an off and on one though. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you in 2020. Hell yeah. Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.